Live from Music City, this is the Campfire Cafe on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Motored down the highway, down scenic highway 12. About to nail the no guardrails, you gotta see it for yourself. It's rocky and Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and that was my lovely wife, Mary Kay Holt, with her song, Scenic Highway 12, and she is on Scenic Highway 12 out in Utah today, traveling out to her Girl Meets West retreat, and she sent me a message this morning and said she'd be listening, so hi, honey. Miss Bobby Bell, <laughs> how are you this morning? Hi, out honey. <laughs> hi, hi, Mary Kay. <laughs> I'm grand. I woke up to uh, about uh, an inch of snow. It's very cold, so it'll probably stick around a while. But uh, yeah, you know, we still we still have um, days of spring whispering to us, and then we get slammed with the reminder that we're not we're not there yet. (laughs) Not quite there yet. So uh, Mary Kay's 
temperature this morning, I think, was 13 degrees when she got up and mm-hmm. snow out there in mm-hmm. Utah. But here in Nashville, mm-hmm. it's been uh, a couple of really warm days. We were like 72 the other day. Today it's in the 30s, and we have four inches or five inches of rain coming down. So mm-hmm. It's like flood city around here. But uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. It's raining on our guest, our first guest today. So who are they? Oh, we have Ren and Andy Renfrey with us, and I think they are uh, somewhat neighbors of you in the Nashville area. They are good friends, good friends, and uh, and I think they're just about five minutes away from us, so that's pretty cool. But I know they're getting wet today, too. So we're going to have a great time visiting with them on the Campfire Cafe, and in the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America, we travel out to sunny California, and Mike Dunn will be joining us. He's the founder of Equine Empowered Therapy, and they're located uh, out in California. They use their Mustangs to work with veterans with PTSD, so that's coming up in the second hour of the show on Saddle Up America. But right now, let's get to a great song by our good friend, Mr. Jim Jones. And by the way, Jim, congratulations, because he has a Wrangler Award coming out in Oklahoma, the 1st of April, for his song, uh, Old Horses and Old Men. But we're going to listen to a song right now that is a co-write with Andy Renfrey. It's called Ride the River. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Andy and Ren Renfrey today on the Campfire Cafe. If you're gonna ride the river, son, don't do it on your own There's dangers in that crossing you don't want to face alone Sometimes the water's peaceful, sometimes the current's strong Sometimes the crossing's easy, sometimes it all goes wrong When the bottom turns to shifting sand We all need someone to lend a helping hand When we ride the river When we ride that river When we ride the river Cowboy needs a stout horse on a cattle drive. You good compadres are riding by his side. Someone that you can count on to always have your back. And keep those doughies moving along the winding track. The other times you cross a herd, you'll understand that it takes more than a single man to ride the river to ride that river 
Legacy Radio Network. We just heard Ride the River, performed by Jim Jones, a co-write with Andy Renfrey from Jim's album, Good Days Are Coming. Today's featured guests, husband and wife, Ren and Andy Renfrey, met online in 2003 on a musician's songwriting website. They wrote a lot of songs before meeting in person, with Ren living in his native state of California and Andy residing in Houston, Texas. There was a definite chemistry from the start, which is immediately evident to everyone who sees them perform together. They married in 2005 and now call Nashville home. Currently, they travel to various parts of the country to perform and enjoy sharing their heartfelt songs and signature harmonies with audiences in a variety of venues. Their music is a combination of Louisiana, Texas soul and Southern California pop rock that has merged into their own unique blend. Here in Albuquerque, we are eagerly awaiting their two planned performances in April. I asked Jim Jones, who has recorded Andy Renfrey's songs and co-written with her, to share his thoughts. Andy and Ren Renfrey are consummate music professionals, outstanding performers, accomplished songwriters, recording production experts, proficient uh, promotional photographers. It's jaw-dropping how many things they do so very well. And they are two of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Please welcome to Campfire Cafe, (laughs) making their first appearance, the Renfries, Ren and Andy Renfrey. Welcome, you two. Oh, thank you. Well, Gosh, hello. I love Excuse you. me, I need to go get like a handkerchief or something. I got a little fear going on. Oh, <laughs> sweet. Thank well, you, I've Jim. got I've got to tell you. I got to tell you. Normally, I don't believe a word that Jim Jones has to say, but I would have to agree. I would have to agree with all of that. So, and if well, you, you know have to Jim, him you know what I'm talking about. Salt That's right. Yeah. That is right. That is right. Well, we're so He's happy to have favorite. you guys with us. He is Thank you. Guy. But you guys it's are a couple of our honor. favorites. Yeah. Oh, you guys are a couple of our favorites. So I kind of want to start with Andy. We'll go ladies first. Okay. Um, Andy, how did you get started in music? In music? Oh, well, I wrote my first corny song, I think, when I was 12. But, oh, wow. Um, I moved to Austin when I was 17, and that year um, I met a whole bunch of musicians and actually um, got to sing a song with Nancy Griffith on stage um, at a little place called the Split Rail Cafe. Um, A friend of mine took me to hear her at lunchtime, and uh, he uh, called her over on her break and said, you ought to let this little girl get up and sing, and my knees were knocking, and she asked me what I wanted to sing, and we figured out Desperado, so she played Desperado and harmonized with me and let me hop up there and sing with her, and it was really a very cool moment, and I've I've just always loved singing, and uh, 
saying when I was in the military, um, I was in the Air Force and got to tour with the USO over in Europe, and I've just had some really cool experiences and kind of settled down uh, and got married uh, when I got out of the Air Force. I got married in 1984 and uh, just stayed home and raised my kids, but I kept writing, and then I ended up... uh, writing a song called Good Morning Teardrops that I uh, put into a a songwriting competition at Merle Fest, and it won second runner-up internationally. So I was like, hey, maybe I should do this again. Next thing I know, I was writing crazy. So here I am. Wow. Wow. Well, my wife tells me that you're one of the best writers that she's ever worked with. So that's a pretty pretty cool compliment, I think. Wow, that is pretty uh, high praise coming from her. Yeah. So, yeah, Rand, tell us about you. Okay. Well, thank you. Tell us about you. Well, when did you get started? I started really early. I, I grew up in a very musical family. My dad played uh, guitar, and my mom was a piano player. And so music was always going on in the house. So I, I would listen to my dad playing his guitar through his closed bath, bedroom door. He was he was always very private and, and didn't like to, to show his talents very much. But I could hear him playing, and it just really got me interested. And one day I snuck into his room, and I, he played left-handed, and I'm a right-hander. So I had to. Uh-huh. I, I picked up his guitar, and I took it with a John Denver songbook, the one that has little chord pictures in it. And uh-huh. I took it into my room, and, and I learned upside down on his guitar how to play guitar. <laughs> um, <laughs> And it, I was just hooked. I, I was totally hooked from then on. Um, I wrote probably my first song when I was 13 or 14 years old, made my mama cry. And that's when I knew that words and music together had a lot of power. So I, I started playing in bands and, and doing all kinds of stuff uh, in music. I had some successes when I was living in Southern California. Um, uh, our band uh, was signed to a record deal and, Open for Loverboy at the Forum in Los Angeles, and just wow. did all kinds of some really interesting stuff. I mean, what I'm playing now and what I played back then are two very different things, <laughs> and <laughs> it's um, it's an interesting dichotomy. But it it's a it's a natural progression musically as well as I'm getting older, and I want to be more sensitive and more uh, thought provoking in, in the work that I do. And, it just, um, it's really interesting. So anyways, after playing in bands and stuff for a while, I went to college and studied recording and production at Saddleback College in El Toro, California, and studied, studied under a guy named Don Dorsey, who um, is the chief engineer for Disney theme parks and Universal and all of those yeah. guys. He, uh, he recorded and, and uh, played out the Main Street Electrical Parade and all of the major Disney spectaculars in all the international theme parks are basically his creation. And he's just an amazing guy and was a great coach. So great, uh, great educator, really taught me all the ins and outs. Um, you know, fast forward after being married and raising a family and being away from music for a while, got music back in 2001 um, and started back on the road towards making music a, a priority. And then uh, met Andy on uh, that website, Tonos, and the rest is history. Just been making oh, music wow. ever since. 
Wow, yeah. that's so cool. Well, you guys are absolutely a great couple. And we're going to get to some music because I know everybody is waiting to hear some of your songs. And if you are not familiar with the Renfries, you're going to love them. So the first song that we're going to get to is one called All American Nights. We'll be back in just a moment to talk more with Andy and Ren Renfrey today on the Campfire Cafe. Holding hands Walking slowly as the sun goes down Watching the kids From the bases till they're homeward bound I catch the smell Someone cooking hot dogs on the grill And I see you smile And I know you understand the way I feel Sunday concert in the park American Nights, and they are our special guests today. So I have a question. So first, 
you were uh, collaborating online, writing some songs together, and then you finally got to meet. And um, I understand that for a while you were in a couple different bands together. One was called Two Bit Palomino, and then one was called Curly Maples. Do you want to tell us a little bit about those bands oh and maybe gosh. what you love about performing live? <laughs> Curly Maples is from when I was in Germany. Um, a bunch ah. of uh, uh, GIs that I was friends with, we formed this band and played around uh, Germany and stuff. And uh, that band went defunct back in, uh, I guess, 1981. Nope. But uh, Tubit Palomino, um, we formed it with Bill Ward in 2010, and we toured together and played together for seven years. And we were vocal group of the year twice in the Texas Music Awards. And uh, it was really a fun time. Um, Bill's living in Kerrville now, and we're actually going to play a show in Kerrville and do some of our songs together um, for the first time since we haven't played together since 2017, I guess, Anna. Uh, yeah. It'll be fun to do that. Mm-hmm. Do you want to what do you love about performing live? Well, <sighs> performing live for me is it, it's just this this experience, you know, that you just can't get mm-hmm. any other way uh, for as a performer. And I guess. I, the easiest way to explain it is to explain something that happened with us when we were playing. We were playing in um, Louisiana at a house concert, and we sang um, Andy's song, The Buffalo Grass, uh, that she wrote the Crystal Dew cut. And as we were singing it, we looked down into the audience, and there was a woman in the in the seats right in front of us that was just floating in tears. It, it was just mm-hmm. one of those things that it, it moves you so much. And then later to find out that it reminded her of her husband who just passed and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all of the, all of these things, you don't get those experiences sitting in front of a, a stereo or putting headphones on or something like that. So that live experience to me is all about connection. It's all about, Energy making, yeah, entertaining and and having that connection one on one with the people mm-hmm. that you're playing for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now and I, I that will Gary... say this. I will say this. I did not tell them that Buffalo Grass was the next song. So well, thank I was you, just going to say. And that and this song Buffalo Grass has, I think, a really interesting history. Do you want to give us a little backstory before Gary plays it? Sure. I believe, and I've always heard, that writers read and readers write. And um, I had read a series by an author named Harry Combs, like comb your hair, and it was called Brules, B-R-U-L-E-S. And one day I was sitting there thinking about the character, and I thought, what happens to a man like that at the end of his life? And I wrote a poem called The Buffalo Grass. And I ended up um, on the website that I I joined before Ren did, and on that website, Tonos, which was run by David Foster, Carol Bayer Sager, and Babyface, I met a guy named Willie McCulloch, and Willie convinced me to turn it into a song lyric when I let him read it, and uh, he and I initially had written the song, and then I brought it to Nashville when I came for three days in uh, November of 2002, and I met Clay Canfield here, and his wife uh, heard the song, uh, Clay did not, and uh, 
she saw the lyrics and said, oh, my God, Clay would love these lyrics. So she asked if he could read the lyrics, and I let him read it. And he said, could I have a shot at it? And I went, oh, I already wrote the song. And he's like, well, just if you don't like what I do, don't take it. So he took a shot at it, and it was almost verbatim what the other guy did. And Clay hadn't heard the music to the other version. And so um, I declined his version because I felt it was a moral conflict. And then K.W. Turnbow, who was Chris Ledoux's uh, percussion player, heard Clay's version of it and carried it to Chris. And then I get a phone call in January of 2003 that Chris wants to cut the song. So I had to call Willie in the middle of the night and tell him what was going on. And, you know, and we, we three agreed to uh, split the song. And then Chris put it on his Horsepower CD. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. it is a, a great a song. song. Let's take a listen to Buffalo Grass, and we'll be back.
Buffalo Grass, one of my favorites. Um, this is Andy and Ren Winfrey, and they are a special guests today. I just love that song. You know, the first time I heard it was on uh, Don, uh, Donnie Poindexter's album, and I now know Jim Jones is, has it on his most recent album, and I only recently heard it sung by Chris Ledoux. <laughs> oh, my God. I didn't know that Donnie Poindexter cut it. Yeah, no yeah. Yeah, I think that was the first time I heard it. It's just wonderful. I have a question for the two of you, and whichever one would want to start the answer. I'm curious about your music uh, pairing. Does one of you work on the lyric and the other on the music? Or tell us a little bit about your songwriting you know, um, team, teamwork. <laughs> Go ahead, Ren. Andy, go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> well, I usually write the lyrics. Um, I'm one of those people that I've been in love with words since I was a little bitty bitty. In fact, my mother finally bought me a, a Webster's Dictionary when I was eight, so I'd quit asking her what weird words meant. And so I've always been a, writing poetry and stuff like that. And so I, I write as a practice just about every day uh, lyrically. And so when Ren and I met, I would hand him lyrics and he would give me back a song. And that was our process when we were apart. And now that we live together, it's a different process. We usually write together, you know, and I'll come up with the idea and maybe start a lyric and then we'll tweak it as we go and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for the next uh, batch of songs that we're finishing up right now because some of my favorites are on there that we've written together and I can't wait. (laughs) the world to hear them. Yep. And by the way, the music that we're playing today is from the Drive-By Town CD. Mm-hmm. It's a, it is a great CD, and I think you just remastered that, didn't you, Ren? Yeah, we just, um, during the pandemic, we got a chance to really go back and revisit it, and we reworked a couple of the songs, added a little instrumentation, and remixed and mastered everything, and are really, really pleased with it. Um, we just released it last month, re-released it last month, and have it available up on our website. So that's cool. It's a great, it is a great CD, and and uh, so I had the original, and then I got the remastered, and so you can really tell the difference in it. One of the Thank things, you. Bobby Bell, yeah, one of the things, Bobby Bell, is to see these guys in a live performance, mm-hmm. and so you probably cannot tell by talking with them on the radio. But uh, Ren is more the straight man, and Andy <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> so now, is that planned? Is that planned, or is that like that at home? Because I don't really know. No, it's, it, it's, pretty, much, it's pretty much like that. I mean, I've... I, I have a, a very difficult, different sense of humor than than a lot of people, and I've I've tried to use it on stage a couple of times and fallen very very hard on my face. <laughs> well, you do <know>, okay. <laughs> I, I, I stay more towards the straight man kind of thing and let let her get set up for the for the bump moment, you know. <laughs> I am my father's daughter. That's all I'm going to say. My dad is a hoot. Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> Oh gosh! Well, I will say that when they're in your area, Bobby, when they're coming up to Albuquerque, you're going to have to see these guys perform. But um, they're yeah. terrific. Next song I want to get to is one called "Leaving California." You want to tell us anything about this? Either one of you. Go ahead, Rennie. 
Well, yeah, this is, I was born and raised in California um, and lived there until I was, oh gosh, 44, 40, yeah, 44 years old. And uh, a bunch of things transpired in my life that facilitated my ability to to get up and leave California and, and move to Texas to be with Andy. And this is, it's kind of the song about that process. It, it was a really hard song to write it. You know, a lot of times songs just kind of come flowing out of you. And this one wasn't that. This one took a good probably year, year and a half to write uh, with Andy's help. And um, mm-hmm. what it is now is, is what we came up with. Therapy. All right. So this, this is uh, Leaving <laughs> California. It is from the CD Drive-By Sound. Be back in just a moment. I got one foot out the door. Ain't nothing for me here. Weather's good, that ain't good enough. I got everything I own. Back of this old car. And I'm leaving California And I'm leaving California Those white sandy beaches Mountains off the coast Paint a different picture for me now That big old Texas sky Oh, it's calling out my name And I'm leaving California I'm leaving California I got 1,500 miles White lines in front of me Trying there in desert As far as I can see What I'll leave behind Just some old and worn out stuff And I'm leaving California in the I'm leaving. 
Not one foot out the door Ain't nothing for me here Weather's good That ain't good enough You're listening to Equestrian Legacy Radio, heard around the world at equestrianlegacy.net. And the archive podcast can be found on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Just look for and search for Equestrian Legacy Radio. Well, Ren, you are quite the producer. You produced a single for Mary Kay that came out just uh, for Christmas season, and uh, you are just, you stay so busy with so many different artists that are coming in and, and, and that you're working with. How did you get started into that? Well, like I said earlier, I, I learned um, audio recording and production back in 1978, 79, 80, um, under Don Dorsey um, through Saddleback College and then some apprenticeships afterwards. And I just fell in love with the, the, the process of production and, you know, making music come alive from just hearing a a guitar vocal recording or, or whatever the starting place is for a song. Um, So fast forward, you know, we moved here to Nashville in 2015 um, after living in Houston for many years. And we had a, a good little little run with some production work down there, and I, I really wanted to expand that. And so moving to Nashville gave us the ability to dive into a much bigger pool of, of talent. And I've been really blessed. You know, I, I've been able to work with artists that I just love their music. And, you know, I've never had to work because I needed the money. I, I've been able to work because I chose that artist and their work. Um, you know, I've, I've recently finished some projects for Erica Lotza, um, Allison Asarch. I'm working with a, a really amazing blues um, roots artist right now, Leslie Bow, who, I mean, this guy's got a voice like you wouldn't even believe. Just incredible. Wow. And each each one of these projects is really very different and lets me kind of step outside of myself musically from what I might do for my own musical taste. And I I think that's really the excitement for me is it really just gives me the ability to paint these canvases of sound that are, are beautiful and different and, you know, hopefully moving to people when they hear them. Oh, you do a great job with your production and you guys are just so stinking busy. I mean, you know, you're writing, you're performing, you're producing, uh, let's take a listen to another song. We're going to come back and talk more about a, a, another thing that Andy is doing and is really good at. But this one's called Broken Glass. You want to tell us anything about this? This is one of those Andy? that I wrote the lyric and handed it to Ren, and uh, he came up the music, and uh, it seems to strike a chord with a lot of people. You guys are just a pretty good stinking thing. Let's take a listen yeah, to we're lucky. Class. We'll be back in just a minute. <laughs>
Glass, and that's from the C- the album Drive by Town with our guests Andy and Ren Renfrey. Andy is, um, as we're discovering, of course, a performing singer songwriter. But Andy, I know there's another talent that you have. Um, you are in the photography business. Tell us a little bit about that. I am. I've been a visual artist my whole life. Um, I started drawing when I was very, very young, three or four, and I ended up doing portraiture and just a lot of painting and stuff like that. And photography just naturally became part of my toolbox. When I lived in Germany, there wasn't anything ugly to take a picture of in Germany. Everything was gorgeous. I bought my first camera in 1980 and took my first photography course then. And I've just been taking photography or doing photography ever since. And uh, when I divorced um, my first husband, um, I uh, actually went to work for a photographer in her studio and did a ton of dance uh, studio photography, wedding photography, stuff like that. And then went ahead and segued into my own business. And uh, I really, really enjoy it. But one of the things I've kind of found in this town is they want to, they want you to be one thing, you know, they want you to be, a songwriter or a performer or whatever. And so when I tell people I'm a photographer, they're like, yeah, yeah, you know, but I've actually studied it quite a bit and I love, love capturing the light and the expression. And I'm really excited to do a little bit more of that. I got to do a really nice photo shoot with Mary Kay recently in the snow. We had so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, she can't and take you a did bad the picture cover. of her either. <laughs> well, thank you. 
Uh, you did a great deal, a great job with Mickey Furman's Westbound. You did the oh, I had so much fun with Mickey. For that. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I, I really enjoyed. I enjoy thematic stuff. Like if somebody says, "I want a, a photograph to represent such and such," I love trying to capture, you know, what they're trying to project across. I have a belief that the only way that you can control the perception is through the presentation. So you have to really present it in the way that you want it to be perceived. And yeah, I'm really proud of um, Mickey's artwork and we're fixing to do another photo shoot with her. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Well, that's, that's mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. So what's up next for the Renfries? What do you, what do you, what's your next project? <laughs> well, well, we've got a, the one that a, we're doing right got, now. Go ahead. We've got a, a new recording that we're working on that we're just we just finished final uh, lead vocals on, and we're working on some background vocals. And hopefully by the end of the week or first part of next week, we'll be able to get the mixing and mastering on. And looking forward to be available by sometime next month um, in advance of our tour that we're starting on April 6th, where we'll go through Texas and New Mexico, Arizona, California, and then back through Texas again. And, um, just, just that. I mean, that's kind of what, what we're we're working on right now. Oh wow, wow. Well, there is another great song. I love this. Um, it's called "I Really Meant to Love You." So, oh, thank you. Who'd like to tell us about this one? There is a movie called Two Guns with Denzel Washington and Mark Wahlberg in it, and one of the lines between Denzel and his love interest in the movie. Uh, they're talking on the phone and they know it's the last time that they're going to speak. And they both say this to each other. I really meant to love you. And we were watching the movie and I sat bolt upright and Ren just paused the movie. He's like, go ahead. I ran in the bedroom and just started typing. And when I came to Nashville, I got to write with this really cool guy named um, Adam James D. Bolt. And when you first write with somebody, you kind of got to feel them out and get to know, you know, you're not sure exactly what you're going to write. And, so I inquired about his love life, and he said, ah, you know, I've been trying. And I said, oh, I have a really good title. And so I pulled out I Really Meant to Love You, and that was the first song that we ever wrote. And I love this song so much because everybody goes into love with the best of intentions. It doesn't always turn out the way that you want, but it's always mm-hmm. pure at the beginning. You really mean to love somebody. And this song really, really resonates with a lot of people, and we're really happy to perform it. We actually do this one as a duet the whole way through, one of the few that we do. Well, it is a beautiful song. It's a great song. Thank it's you. CD Drive By Town, and uh, we'll be mm-hmm. back in just a moment with the Renfries. Man. 
CDs, you can go to our website at www.renfreeze.com. That's R-E-N-F-R-E-E-S.com. 
Um, and you can search the Renfries and find us pretty much anywhere that music is streamed or downloaded or sold or anything like that. So. All right. And you, uh, you are also on social media. You're on Facebook. You have a mm-hmm. music page there. We do. We do. And, the Renfries. <laughs> yep. Again, search right. the Renfries and you'll find us. Yeah. All and right. our next CD is going to be a lot more Americana and more... I want to say prairie sounding. I, I don't even know how else to say this, but I just have this thing about the West, and I'm really excited about getting some of these songs out there that really touch my heart, and I hope that they, the listeners like them too. All right. So we're looking forward to being able to share your music from the new project before too long. Thank you. But we've been talking with Andy and Ren today, and uh, guys, we're going to close out this segment of the show with one called Grace. You want to tell us about it before we go? <laughs> yeah, well, so I, one I, of us I, has, so has road rage. <laughs> <laughs> uh, road, road rage is a little extreme, but I, I do have my moments yeah, uh-huh. where like I, I'll get upset with a trucker on the road or something like that when they cut you off. And this uh, one time we were in Texas driving back from tour and I had one of those moments and I looked over and Andy's got her iPad out and is writing lyrics. And, and so the, this the song is the result of that. And now my penance is I have to perform it. That's right. I wrote it with Scott Barrier. That's right. All right. Well, this is another great song. And again, we've been talking with the Renfries today on the Campfire Cafe. Thanks, guys. Well, well, Thank you so much. Us. Appreciate you. Bye, Bobby. Bye-bye. See you soon. It's gonna happen Somebody's gonna get in your way Probably at the wrong time Probably on the wrong day Gonna make you late Gonna slow you down What you gonna do when that moment Comes around Suddenly you gotta make the choice To lower your fist Lower your voice Take a breath Put a smile on your face Find a little grace Grace Yeah, it's gonna happen True love is gonna come your way Probably at the wrong time Probably on the wrong day are you gonna let your walls come tumbling down? What you gonna do when your plans get turned around? Suddenly you gotta make the choice To open your heart in the sound of her voice Takes your breath, puts a smile on your face Fills your life with grace Little hand holding on tight as you're 
up in her stand Looking up at you with trusting eyes And an angel's face And her name is Grace You call her to the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network. Up next, it's Saddle Up America, right after this song from our good friend, Mr. John Chandler, called Morning Star. Morning Star Moon Wyoming Bittersweet taste From time gone by Legends in life Lessons in death Buckskin and sage Winter's cold Medicine pipe Lost in the snow Embers grown cold No power flow Ghost smoke ascend To the four Old time is gone A new time begins Morning star moves Shines home It fills my soul With echoes of Late under morning star There's a wildness in this place It's coyote cry It's yucca spice red dust in the teeth In the hair in the eyes It's trout in the creek it's eagle's wings, it's petrified cards and teepee
There's serenity in this place It's whispering water It's musical breeze It's the wind through the woods And cottonwood trees It's the call of the bay It's the song of the brook It's a time on a day For a forgotten book Morning star Bighorns are quiet, red fork is low, brilliant blue sky, riders below, echoes of time from the red walls. The spirit calls Morning star moon The shine song It fills my soul With echoes of tunes Played under morning stars America on the Equestrian Legacy Radio Network from Nashville, Tennessee. I'm your host, Gary Holt, and joining me in Albuquerque, New Mexico, our co-host, Miss Bobby Bell. And we're going to welcome to the show now, Mr. (laughs) Mike Dunn. Hey, Bobby. Mr. Mike Dunn, who's the founder of Equine Empowered Therapy. Hey, Mike. Hi, Bobby. Hi. How are you doing, sir? I'm I'm doing great. I've been eagerly <laughs> awaiting my uh, chance to air some of my some of our views and um, share that with your listeners and with yourselves. So um, well, I we're looking I'm not forward too... to doing that. <laughs> well, let's get going. All right. Well, first of all, now, I've got to ask you, Mike, because we've already talked about snow in New Mexico, and we have rain galore here in Tennessee. How's the weather out in California? Well, I'm in the flatlands. I'm in Southern California right now. Um, But at my ranch, uh, which is in the Tehachapi Mountains, there's plenty of snow. Oh, wow. All around there, you know. Yeah, they, oh. they they have the grapevine, the main Highway 5 mm-hmm. that runs north and south through California was shut down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, well, Bobby knows and, and a little and, bit about that coming from California. <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. And yeah. I know that you also have some horses in uh, Norco, which I know is so well known as a horse location for many, many years. Single Action Shooting oh, Society years. had it. 
major yeah. events in Norco, and and we were we went there several times. So I'm a little familiar with where you are. <laughs> every every street in Norco is owned for horses. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And they try to well, I've got to try to come yeah. in, and the and the public just stands up and says no. You got to have yeah. a bridal path. You got to have access, etc. Yeah. Good place. I saw I saw a little uh, little film on on Norco the other day, and it's such a cool area that I hope to get out there one day in the near future. Yeah, yeah. but um, it, it's nice. Yeah. It's nice. So, Mike, you have equine therapy. First of all, let me ask you a little bit about your background. How did you get involved? with providing therapy for our service members. Well, that, that's a pretty pretty good story, Gary. I, I am a veteran, and for many years I have been disgruntled by the fact that veterans getting out who were traumatized and, and otherwise affected by their um, service were having to wait long periods of time for um, medical services, psychiatric services, whatever other services. And I was, um, you know, just mostly grumbling about that. Um, uh-huh. One early morning, I was reading the Los Angeles Times. They had an article uh, that described um, the use of wild horses and veterans. And the whole article was about the marvelous effect that that experience was having on the veterans. I sat there and I thought, you know, you're a veteran. You've been around horses all your life. Maybe it's time to get your butt off the couch, do something. (laughs) And so that's exactly where it started. (laughs) All right. All right. So uh, did, how did you get involved with the Mustangs? Because I know that you're working with the Mustangs quite a bit in your equine therapy program. Did it well, come from that um, article? It, no, it, it, it inspired me to really go back. Uh, until then, most of my experience had been with um, starting colts and, and so forth from long ago. Um, okay. But... Um, we we did early on we did a program with um veterans and um wild horses and you know i i met through that some folks uh, some good clinicians and others who explained to me the difference of working with uh, a mustang compared to starting a colt Okay. And so it it just evolved, and um, uh, we we've done uh, quite a few programs with veterans with mustangs over the last four years or so. So okay. it just it it just evolved. They are truthfully another level of um, of that experience. With for the veterans, they're another, they're a new level, and so they've wow. really really been a part of not only how we have done it, but how we expect to continue doing it at a higher level. Okay, all right. 
Now, for our audience out there that's listening, we've had we've had uh, people that have equine therapy programs on the show many times in the past. Uh, many mm-hmm. of those are working with veterans. Uh, but ex- explain to the listeners how your program works because you've got a couple of things that you're doing that are a little bit different from anything that I've heard before. Well, I think, Gary, one significant difference is that um, we're exclusively using the nature of the horse, uh, herd animal, prey animal, etc. And all of the uh, introductory work is based upon horse communications, the way horses speak to one another. So all of this is done on the ground. Nothing in the saddle in, the, in these introductory phases. We're looking for an intimacy between horse and human that for sure is best achieved on the ground. So we're looking for first order of business is the horse is saying to the veteran, you have to trust yourself. You can't be over there in your image of your trauma. You can't be thinking about your family or your kids or anything else. You need to be right here, right now. Okay. That leads to self, self-trust self first and then mutual trust. That's marvelous to see when that connection is made. Then also they experience awareness, um, noticing the way, the nonverbal ways that horses communicate, the flicker of an ear, uh, just the way they hold their head. All mm-hmm. of these become part of presence. So when I think about it, I don't know anybody who's present in the moment very much. You know, I'm always thinking about what I have to do tomorrow or three months from now and what went no. wrong yesterday. Right. So so that's really a trust, awareness, and presence. And we develop a, a genuine relationship. Um, horses are naturally led. They're natural followers. You, you probably... Right know that from your prior from from your own experience right so we can see a leadership partnership right before our eyes so i think that's one element we have applied those same principles in different ways um gary you mentioned that we have, I believe, an unprecedented program with blind veterans. We have yeah, that's that's pilot. an amazing thing. Yeah, I was talking to a I was talking to a veteran last night who had uh, survived tours uh, over in uh, Afghanistan, and uh, and he works a lot wow. with veterans. When I told him about your blind program, it was like I could I could see on the telephone I could see his his jaw drop, you know. <laughs> well, when the the, so tell the us blind little, rehabilitation, tell us a little bit. how did you get started? How did you get started with that? And how does that program <laughs> differ maybe from 
those that are seen. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, Gary, I didn't even know that there was a blind rehabilitation center within the VA. Okay. I didn't even know that. And my sidekick, Kristen, and I were in the office, and I get an email from the Blind Rehabilitation Center in Long Beach. And it said, do you have any programs for the blind? Wow. And she would tell you, I just about fainted. Uh. Like, <laughs> you have to be kidding. <laughs> I, your jaw I, I really too. know yeah. how your veteran responded. You know, that's how I responded. Right. 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 But, Gary, I've got a horse that's been with me and for 15 years in the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. And he is absolutely bulletproof. I believe you could land a helicopter on his back and he's not going to spook. <laughs> so I had that and I thought we've, Kristen and I kind of scratched our heads and um, I said, well, no harm in discussing this further with the VA. And so we opened up a dialogue, went back and forth. We had to consider, of course, very important safety considerations. You know, we had to have the right horse. How would we do it? How would we go about it? So back and forth with the Blind Rehabilitation Center, and we said, well, let's try it. And it was just a smash hit. It wow. is such a you should see the comments that we get back from those blind veterans. Wow. And um, uh, it is, it's a big help for them as they try to live independent lives with their blindness. Mm -hmm. We hear this from the therapists in the, in the blind rehabilitation center who have been with us all the way, you know, we hear, yeah just rave comments about that uh, so uh, really it just honestly Gary it just came about by you know head scratching and okay we know we can make it safe so why not try it the worst thing wow. that happens is we shut it down and and better luck next time and that's exactly how we proceeded I think we've done maybe 15, maybe more programs with blind veterans as of now. And there are usually three or four veterans in each session. Well, that's great. Yeah. It's really well, been you know, wonderful. We, we talk about the fact that, that 22 veterans a day commit suicide. Oh, and, man. You know, that's just not an acceptable number. And, uh, Equine therapy, people that I have talked with, veterans that I have talked with, veterans that have picked up a gun and pointed at their heads uh, and then have talked about how horses have made a difference in their life. It's just an amazing thing the way that the horse and the human have that connection. And um, the work that you're doing at Equine Empowered Therapy is pretty amazing. There's more that I want to talk about about you with but right now we want to talk about a pony called love and uh, we're going to take a listen to Junie Fisher and come back and talk more with Mike Dunn today on Saddle of America. Mm -hmm. 
love but me off on the second jump out with a suck back twist and a squeal and a shout it's a long swim back no hope or applause through the riptides and currents and a frenzy She's a heartbreaker That pony called love The last drop's wrong From a valentine sponge My blood must taste bitter On the tip of her tongue No high more ground And no place to hide From the battle of tarantulas Deep down inside She's a heartbreaker That pony called love I've been the hang-up Stepped on And kicked in the heart Yeah, she's a bad one come apart That pony called My soul in a cast Not a highway of life That don't lead to the past As I sip from the gold cup Of bottomless pain I see demons in the headlights But could they be She's a heartbreaker That pony called love Oh, she's a soul taker That pony called
That was Junie Fisher, Pony Called Love, from her album, Let Her Go, Let Her Buck, Let Her Fly. We're speaking with uh, Mike Dunn today. He's the founder of, I want to make sure I get it correct, equineempoweredtherapy.com is their terrific website. Uh, Mike, welcome back to Saddle Up America. (laughs) Thank you, Bobby, and you got it exactly right. (laughs) <laughs> well, spelling counts when you're looking for a website, right? <laughs> yes, it does. Um, yeah, it is really a, a marvelous website. Um, it it's very is. comprehensive. Oh, my yeah. goodness. There was so much. I'm trying to think, what do I want to ask you about? Um, <laughs> two, there are two things that I would love to hit on right now, and, and one is – that not only do you offer this just really wonderful therapy treatment, but you also, should the um, veteran be interested, you also enable them to be prepared for equine employment. And um, there's a host of things that these folks can go on and do. Do you want to talk just a little bit about what, when you come out of this program, what you might be prepared to do in the equine world? Yes, Bobby. That, in fact, that was our original concept when I came off the couch, as I mentioned before. Um, <laughs> our original concept was um, was having um, training that led to vocation, led to education and vocation. It's called mission for those individuals who are on disability. Um, and we found that the that the early programs were having such dramatic effect that we began to expand those. But it goes from really we've had people who barely knew which end of the horse eats, and mm-hmm. um, and then the, the training is structured so that they go through basic horse handling. That's a fundamental. And then we expose them to different types of equine employment and let them kind of sort out in their mind whether, first of all, is this something I want to pursue or not? And then we help them see different um, avenues for employment. Bobby, there's 1,100 equine jobs here in Southern California. Wow. Open. And... um, so we we have Santa Anita, we have mm-hmm. ranches, we have shoers, we have veterinarians, we have people who are waiting for um, for veterans. We, we so once we get them through, it's usually about eight or ten sessions, <clears throat> and they'll have a, a better idea of what they want to try. Um, and then we have a paid apprentice program. We pay $12 an hour, set up at uh, 30 hours a week for 13 weeks. And we'll put them with a potential employer. might be a ranch. It might be uh, any number of things, as I mentioned to you. And our hope is that that will work out to be a mutually uh, satisfactory arrangement and that the equine professional will hire that person. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. we we do a number of things. We um, put people through 
the Masterson method, a marvelous um, method of <clears throat> horse body work. Um, education, Pierce College out here has a really mm-hmm. good basic equine program. So there's all kinds of things that we do. They're all at no cost to the veterans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Another pro- another program that I I read about that was very interesting is is Hypnom or H I P N O M. Tell us um, <laughs> tell us a little bit about that. It was fascinating to me about that program. Well, when I went through when I went through the Masterson Advanced Course. And Jim Masterson, who's a fabulous guy, it was a great course. And um, uh, at, toward the end, um, I, I said to Jim, well, all this is great for these horses where um, they were, some were show horses, event horses, etc." And I said, well, what happens to the horses who chose the wrong order? the wrong owner and he doesn't have enough money for this mm-hmm. and so he, he said well we do the best we can and I said okay how about if I set up a, a, a program that that is called horses in pain no money wow and that's hypnom and so mm-hmm. so that was for um, there were there were five certified trainers plus Jim, and I set um, that program up for the five trainers. It's now expanded beyond that, but uh, so they would go to, let's say, um, um, a therapeutic riding academy or to um, horse rescue, and um, they would perform these therapeutic um um, measures, and they would give. They would do that at a reduced rate, and uh, and, and free of. And so it became free of charge to the to the entity that we were serving. So that's an ongoing um, program that just continues. <laughs> I think we've probably done three hundred horses or so. Oh wow! Um, wow! You know where they've had this this uh, free service. The Masterson method is really cool because it is a range of motion in a relaxed state. So it's very closely attuned with awareness and with um, um, the the low pressure approach to um, to horses generally. So. That's that's Hypnom. We like it a lot, um, and we have uh, people who are pretty active um, doing that year round. Well, that is mm-hmm. great. That is great. Mm-hmm. Well, you have so many different programs that are available. Of course, you work with veterans with PTSD. You're working with the blind veterans. Uh, something that I have never thought about, but that is, and we're all aware of this, but a lot of sexual abuse in the military. And you have a program that uh, that's geared toward those people as well, don't you? Yes, we do. We we attended an exhibition for uh, through the uh, MST, Military Sexual Trauma 
um, they had a, they staged an exhibition for uh, veterans who were suffering that kind of trauma. <clears throat> it's always accompanied with P- PTSD. And out of that, we've had we've done a number of um, veterans who have um, experienced military sexual trauma. And honestly, it is really just a just a different um, use of those techniques that I described earlier. Okay, it is marvelous one of our most successful in terms of life experience veterans couldn't be in the same room with a man. Wow. And she is, wow. she's, she's, she was giving lessons to my grandkids. <laughs> she's just a fabulous success story. And, um, and, and we've had, as I say, we've had many of these, our job is not to be a psychotherapist. The horse does that. We don't That's have therapists on our on our staff, um, and, and so we don't really know what ways these individuals are afflicted, other than if they tell us. Gotcha. So, um, gotcha. Um, but there's there's many. There's many traumas that maybe are not as well understood. Um, uh, couples uh, is a is a big and growing and emerging area. Uh, and we had you, you mentioned your guy was had five combat tours. Right. This started at the request of an individual in Kern County who was exactly that, and. Uh, I'd made a presentation uh, for a group of veterans up there, and he approached me afterward, and he said, well, you know, the veteran is not the only one in the family who has PTSD. Absolutely. And so we we started a program there, and we just had a, a program for three couples two and a half days, a pilot study of veteran couples that was approved by the vet center here in Orange County. It'll be done up at my ranch. And so we're really excited to uh, see that playing out. We'll also introduce them to wild horses, though they won't have direct contact with them. There'll be wild horse work going on at the time that that they're there. And they can observe, but um, that we're very excited about. And once again, it is the same approach. We take um, we take each person in the cup of the couple, each person. We work with them individually, and then gradually they come together, and then ultimately they are relating to the same horse. That's great. That is and great. it really is. It's a very dynamic um, um, program. We've done about eight of those as of now. That's great. And eight programs. And so and it's usually two couples. So we've, we've got a pretty good background of experience. 
Well, that is great. Well, that's one thing that's very needed because uh, when you have a serviceman or woman that comes back with PTSD and they're married, it, it affects the family. It, it affects the whole family. And, oh, yeah. Uh, so it's oh, not, yeah. Not, not just them. Not just them. So that is no. great. That's great. So now from our, our, our conversation, th- this is at no cost to a serviceman or woman to come in and attend the therapy. That's correct. All right. So how can people get in touch with you uh, if they would like to get involved in the program? And, uh, and of course, Bobby was just talking about your website. How can folks that are around the country uh, go and find your website and find out more about what you're doing? Well, there's a, there's a couple of things that, that we have are almost being forced into um, Gary. One of the one of those things is replication and scalability. Right. We have, I believe, we have eight ranches who have contacted us um, out of the blue around the country. Oh, that's and great! And they they've asked the question, "What can we do? How can we do some or all of the programs?" Not all are charities. Some have interest in other kinds of trauma, you know, abused women or children, um, autism, etc. Right. right. Uh, and so we're busy right now putting together all of the collateral materials, the training materials, video, written materials, and a training program that we could offer to those um, other ranches or facilities in other parts of the country. So that's great. That that's that's one area. We can use we can use financial help from your listeners. Okay. You know, there is a cost to all these things. And if Absolutely. any of our programs are appealing to those folks who have got a a charitable giving budget, we'd sure like them to consider us. Um, so so the, the replication and scalability is a big thing. I think that we need to really push the veterans with wild horses. Mustangs and veterans. It's a really serious challenge. It's a really serious challenge. You know, we got we got folks, the TIP trainers, for example. You know, they're good horsemen, but now you have now you introduce a traumatized veteran to that, and so not all of the good horsemen are good with people. That's so true. there's a there's there's the, the meshing entails some pretty serious. Uh, training or retraining or just maybe eye-opening. But we believe that that can be done. Uh, we're, we're in the, we, we have two individuals now, two veterans, who I believe are ready to take a step into the Wild Mustang. Oh, that's great. We're looking to hire another six or so uh, people in Kern County. That's near where my ranch is. Okay. And um, and and to introduce those people starting at 
day one. That they'll, they'll need to be trained from day one. So, <laughs> um, you know, the the process um, for expansion is is really dictated by how quickly we can get veterans ready to be with Mustangs safely, safely for themselves. And okay. um, so, so we're looking at different ways that we can do that. I think we've got some good ways to do that. Um, and, and, and then um, the, the, we will push the number of wild horses um, um, the quantity of wild horses up. So that's the plan, and it's it's. Uh, <laughs> I think we'll probably be going to the Ridge, Ridgecrest um, BLM facility. That's not it's uh-huh. only a couple of hours from my ranch. Um, within the next couple of weeks. Well, that's great. So that's great. something we're going to push hard on. Right. And once again, Gary, if we if we learn something. If we develop some techniques um, along those lines, we're going to make those that information available to others. Well, um, I think again, this that's is not going to be proprietary. Yeah, yeah. I think it's very, very important to make it a duplicatable process around the country. So, for folks that want to find your website, if they would like to donate, uh, Mike, how can they do that? Yep. I think if they open the website, they'll see many opportunities, different things that might appeal to individuals, different things that they could help us with. Okay. Gary, every penny is going to the veterans. Um, we are we are dedicated to that. And if your listeners have a particular thing, maybe the blind or the Mustangs or um, couples, if any of them have a particular interest, we will honor that. Um, And they should find ample ways in which they can um, make donations or get information about things that they're interested in. Well, that that is great. Mike, you have been very informative, and I think we're going to have to have you back to kind of follow up on some of this. Find out how you're well, doing. let's get busy on the Mustangs. I know that. Well, I think we might get you're work on that. Really involved in. Yeah. Well, I think we might be able to work on that just a little bit. So, but anyway, the website. And if I'm not right, tell me it's equineempoweredtherapy.com. Is that correct, Bobby? Yes. Yes. Equineempoweredtherapy.com. <laughs> she's on there. She's looking at it now. I'm I can on tell it. what she's doing. Hey, listen. I can tell it. Anyway. I'm reading you about name, Bobby. <laughs> well, you know, like I'm, I'm reading. Uh, I'm on the page "Meet the Horses," and I've had so much fun meeting Rags and Indio and Z Bay or Z B and Charlie Horse, <laughs> Mustang Sally. That's a really fun page. <laughs> horse, horse was a horse that I rescued seriously abused and neglected and um so once i got him i i sent a little email out to all my kids and rat kids and i said well he needs a name and they didn't you know, i didn't hear back from him so 
um, at the ranch, they said, well, we've got to have a name for it. So I said, well, his name is Horse. <laughs> so my little six-year-old granddaughter, she, after a while, she said, well, Grandpa, um, that's no good. How about Charlie Horse? Charlie Horse. That'll so work. now he answers to either Horse or Charlie Horse. That's, That's so pretty cool. And, 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 and we get to meet them through their own autobiographies. They're written in first person. So um, we, get to, we get to meet them through how they would want us to know about them. <laughs> Very fun. Yeah, we, and we have, we have like foundations where, where we, we relate that horse to part of our program. And mm-hmm. so people can contribute to those foundations and the, and the funds that go to RAGS, for example. If it's the mm-hmm. RAGS Foundation, that's going to be used for those elements that RAGS is particularly inclined to. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, RAGS great. is that horse, by the way. RAGS is the, he is the horse that I mentioned to you um, about w- with the blind veterans. That works for blind. Okay. He's the guy. Well, Mike, thank well, you again yeah. for being with us, mm-hmm. and uh, and I will be I will be back in touch with you to talk more about Mustangs as well. But uh, we look forward to having you come back and kind of bring us up to date on what's going on with equine and parent therapy. So thank you so much. Well, thank you guys so much for giving us a, a broader voice. We believe that horses can do what they've always done with humans on a much bigger scale than they are doing it now. Well, let's enlarge that scale. And, uh, and we will talk with you soon, my friend. Right now, let's take Thank a listen to much. Dan McCorison and it's Colorado Horses. We've been talking with Mike Dunn today, the founder of Equine Empowered Therapy. Sunrise loaded up the horses, we were gone. I crossed with Vita Pass through that sweet San Luis Valley, rode along. That's one creek up ahead, 10,000 feet of mountain, we'll be there by noon. We're hauling Colorado horses down the winter. Straight on to Durango, to Four Corners, that old Ford was making ground. We stretched the horse's legs at Tito's house, watched the desert sun go down. Yeah, camp out in the nations, and we listened to an Aaron sister's tune. Yeah, hauling Colorado horses down to winter. I called the boss in Wickenburg just to let him know when we'd be rolling in. Fed the horses, fed ourselves, picked some guitar while the firelight grew dim. Then we passed the bottle around, watched the night time turn the morning way too soon. 
We're howling Colorado horses Just a winter neat the Arizona They've hauled a thousand dudes into the hills They'd take us to the river Where the voice of Mother Nature won't be still Well, I ain't no big time banker But I know exactly what I should be doing That's hauling Colorado horses Down the winter beneath the Arizona moon that's all in Colorado horses down to where beneath the Arizona moon. Colorado horses, Mr. Dan McCorson today on Saddle Up America. And uh, there's just something that's magical about horses and music to help heal a person's wounds and soul. I think, Bobby, don't you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We've We've been blessed and privileged to speak to so uh, many wonderful uh, therapeutic programs. It's just, uh, it's eye-opening. Each one is just eye-opening. And and all different. All of them so different mm-hmm. from each other, the way that they approach it. But uh, anyway, well, it has been a fun show visiting with the Renfries on the Campfire Cafe and then, of course, speaking with Mike Dunn, the founder of Equine Empowered Therapy on Saddle of America. And um, we're going to have to run. Do you have any closing thoughts for us today, Bobby? It isn't the great big pleasures that count the most. It's making a great deal out of the little ones. That's a quote of Gene Webster. I like that quote. I like that quote. You know, when uh, when uh, Andy mentioned Webster's Dictionary earlier in the show, mm-hmm. I wonder. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many of our our listeners said, what is a dictionary? <laughs> what? what is that? <laughs> <laughs> what is that telephone sitting on the table over there, you know? That, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, it's been a fun show. We look forward to having you back next week. Next week on the Campfire Cafe, we've got Mr. R.W. Hampton. And he's starring, or he's a co-star in the movie Peace River. So we're going to be talking about that movie and share some of his great music. And then it will be time for Backcountry Horses of America on Saddle of America. So, Bobby, we'll see you next week. We're going to close out this segment with Apache Rose by Miss Belinda Gale, a good friend of both of ours. See you next week. See you next week.